Alright, cool. I'm just gonna check one more time. You can hear me fine and everything? Yeah. Alright, cool. You comfortable? Yeah, I'm good. Alright, y'all. Well, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the AO Chill Podcast. Today, I got a very special guest for you. I got Sam Dion. The Dion. Dion. Like Celine Dion. Bet. Yo, can you please tell everybody who's watching a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I graduated from William Patterson. Should I be looking at the thing? You could do. You could look at me. You could look at that. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, I graduated in actually like three months ago in August um, of 2021. Uh, my major was music and entertainment industry. Um, with like classical flute, but whatever. No one cares about that. I didn't even care about that. Mm. But <laughs> but um, I'm an artist manager. I manage Lonely Leonard and I manage Tyreek. They're both um, from the East Coast, but they met at, uh, what is it, State, Arizona State? Is that a college? Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> Arizona State. Um, and yeah, I just recently opened my, um, my own LLC. I guess you could call it a company. Um, Dion management. So they're my roster for right now. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I'll expand soon. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I got into music, um, early childhood. I got into music actually. Word. I started with piano and I think that's how a lot of people get into the music industry. You know, they kind of like are a child musician. Maybe they do band. I did band, Word. um, marching band, indoor drum line. Oh, uh, what part of Jersey are you from? Um, I'm from Bloomfield. Oh, word, word, word. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of love in Bloomfield. They got mm -hmm. a they got a huge marching band, right? They they used to. They used they to. They used to. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's not as, as big as anymore. Are no. they the ones with the um, the whole like England theme? I think it was England when um, like recently. Uh, nah, like um, they're like uniforms. So maybe I'm thinking about somewhere. We, yeah. Well, somewhere we have really um, we have like red uniforms. I don't know if that's word. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's what we had. But the they, they actually used to be a lot bigger. When I was a freshman, I think it was like peaking at the most um, members that we ever had. Um, and then the band director actually left when like I was a senior. So my mm. senior year was his last year and everyone just... Everyone quit band. So. <laughs> Bro, it happens. It happens. It's changing of times. So how does your family look like musician wise? Do you have anybody else in the family who's like music? Yes, I do. Me and my sister um, are both musicians. She went to NYU for sound engineering. So kind of oh, the word. same as you. Yeah. I bet. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, she's she's your age, actually. She's one year um, older than me. She's one grade above me. Um, and she graduated actually a semester early, which is crazy, but she likes to do all that like technology stuff with music, music tech. Um, my grandparents on my dad's side, my Hispanic grandparents, cause I'm mixed. Mm -hmm. Um, they were dancers, they were singers. So I think I get it from them. My mom, um, was also a music major when she was in college. She went to MSU. Um, but she never, she didn't make it her career. It was just her major. And now she's doing something else. Word. So you said you said mix. So what, what what are you? What's your ethnicity? Yeah. So my mom is white, just like a mix of all these like European stuff, like mm -hmm. German, like what's it called, English, all that kind of stuff. Um, and my dad's from Venezuela. All right, bet. Mm -hmm. You speak Spanish? Uh, poquito. Un poquito. Okay, poquito. that's that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so what made you want to get into management? Um. My second semester here, actually, um, I took the survey of the music and entertainment industry class with Philp. I don't know if you ever took that. Mm, I don't think so. I actually yeah, it's just kind of like a broad overview of the entire music industry. Um, so it's like a little bit of everything. And I loved it. So that's when I decided to change my college major because I came in um, to college as a music studies major, which is like 
can't really do anything with that. So most people who come in as music studies change their major. Um, so that was me. So I changed my major after I took that class. Um, and one of the required classes for MEI was personal management in the music industry. Um, and after I took that class, I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, I don't know. You get such a front row seat in the industry and you're like in your artists careers. Um, when you're the manager, you get to like talk to everyone, be part of like everything get a cut of everything too mm. yo, word. <laughs> so like was there a specific moment or anything that kind of made you like be like yo this is what i want to do or was it like the experience as a whole actually um this goes back to when i was in like middle school i would say i remember um i'll never forget this my mom i was in the car with my mom and i was saying yo i want to be in the music industry i don't know what i want to do like i am a musician maybe i could like keep doing piano i could do whatever and my mom said i'll never forget this my mom said um, well, do you want to be Justin Bieber or do you want to be the person that tells Justin Bieber what to do? Mm, I like that. Yeah. I like that. And that kind of just made you like, boom. it stuck. It stuck. I was like, I want to tell him what to do. I want to be, I want to be front row. So you said you have, uh, Tyreek is one of your artists and Tyreke. the other one is a lonely Leonard. Lonely Leonard. Yep. So how did you, are they your first artist that you've ever managed? Um, I worked a bit with a producer, um, before I started working with either of them. Um, that didn't work out. Um, cause I, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Mm -hmm. I really didn't know what I was doing. I'm still friendly with him. Obviously I know him from high school. Um, but he's doing really good on his own. He doesn't need me. Word. Yeah. He doesn't need me. But, um, last summer I started, uh, managing Leonard and, um, last summer, two summers ago, 2020, mm -hmm. like summer of 2020 yeah. in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, and he actually had a collab album in March with Tyreek. So um, I just thought it would be easiest if I managed both of them for the collab album. So that's how I got Tyreek. So what's the difference between someone having someone like you help in their career and them doing something all by themselves? I think the difference is that you just get more help at the end of the day. Um, well, and also I might have more connections than them or just different connections, even if it's the same amount. Like if I have three and they have three, that's six people, you know, mm -hmm. it's more than just theirs. Um, but what I tell every artist that wants a manager is I don't think you need a manager until you really can't do everything by yourself. Mm. Um, managers really look for people who are already managing themselves. Um, and yeah, both of them were pretty much doing that. They already had a whole Google Drive full of all their stuff. Um, so organized. Um, they already had industry contacts. They had releases under their belts. And so that's what I really look for. Word. And so when it comes to building yourself as a manager, getting contacts, doing these things, like what are kind of like the steps that change, like, for example, what you were before with that producer and to, to the point now where I feel like you're probably you probably feel comfortable in yourself, you know, if you open mm -hmm. your own LSC and everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just I think when you're starting, everyone has a little bit of imposter syndrome. You don't um, you don't think you know anything like I went to school. I have experience. I still don't know if I know anything, but mm -hmm. I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people will tell you that, actually. Um, even I've heard music industry professionals that work at like the biggest um, companies. Sometimes they say the same thing. It's, it's really crazy. But you just have to you just have to be confident, honestly. 
Have you ever went to, um, I think they do like a, I think Philip actually did like something out in like Nashville where he brought everybody. Yes. Yeah. How was that experience like? Like what was it and how was it like? Yeah. So I didn't get to go. I did it remotely. Mm -hmm. Um, The year I was going to go was 2020. So obviously it got canceled it. Well, not canceled, but like moved online. Um, but I got to pick two people to interview for the school, like podcast, not pod, like the radio show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I picked obviously two artist managers, um, Jesse Titchener and Dan, um, Dan something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't remember his no, name. Cool, yeah. yeah. He used to manage Hunter Hayes. Mm-hmm. So you can find him online. I don't know, but, um, I'll probably remember later, but I got to, uh, interview them about artist management, kind of like on the other, on the flip side of what I'm doing right now, which is really cool. Um, and you had to do that. They recorded it. They sent you like the file. Then you had to, um, edit it into like a little podcast and then they posted it. And, um, you know how Philp does those like assignments where you have to listen to a podcast and answer questions or kind of like summarize it. I took one of his classes before. Yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with him. I'm not too familiar with all the work he does, okay. but you can go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, um, personal management, I think, or pretty much, I guess all his classes do this. I'm not sure which one it was cause I took a lot with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for some of his stuff, you have to listen to a podcast, um, like one of his podcasts and kind of either summarize it or answer questions that he gives you. And my friend Liz, Liz Lee, um, she texted me. She was like, oh, Sam, I'm listening to your podcast right now, your interview mm-hmm. with Jesse Titchener. And I was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. I was just doing that last year listening to someone else's. So I think that was really cool. All right, that's dope. So can you go in a little bit to more in detail of like what exactly you're doing for an artist? Like what mm-hmm. does your day to day look like? Like go ahead. Yeah. So my day to day, my hours are very I'm working like around the clock, really not Mm -hmm. to say I'm not getting sleep. Like, obviously I have a life, but, um, you really don't know when you're going to have to work. Um, especially with the time difference because Arizona right now, I think they don't do daylight savings time, but I know, I I think right now they're three hours ahead of us. So it'll be like 2am for me. I'll just be like in bed on my phone feeling tired and it's what is it like two one maybe 11 Mm -hmm. um, my artist's time they'll text me and be like you want to get on a call like maybe tomorrow not right Mm now but um but yeah recently um my artist lonely leonard has been doing more live shows actually both of them have but i actually i got to work at um leonard's show i think it was october 1st um and that was really cool because when i started managing it was during the pandemic so i didn't really get to do anything live but um that was really cool i got to kind of oversee the whole show um he wanted me to talk to all the people that mattered, like the security and the employees at the venue um and that's kind of what a um a manager does kind of just oversees speaking of like live Mm -hmm. performances um that's what they do just kind of make sure everyone's doing their job and everything's going smoothly. Um, speaking in terms of like online stuff, um, I'll help them make like a release schedule for social media, um, make deadlines, a release sheet, um, which is just, I always put like the, the title of the single or the album, who it's by the cover art. And then you just put all the press that they got, the links to the press and the playlists. And just like, so you can just send it to your artist and be like, Oh, this is, this is everything, Mm -hmm. you know? So they feel like they did something. You feel like they know that they did something. So there's never any like pressure for them there. Um, 
Yeah. And I help with marketing too. It's just, it's kind of everything right now, especially since me and my artists are both DIY. They're not signed to any label or anything. Um, we both do a little bit of everything. You know, I organize the Google drive. I upload things to Google drive, like all the masters, all the pictures. Um, we both reach out to playlists and, um, publicists and like outlets and everything. So it's, it's really a mix of like a little bit of everything. And how does that work? Like reaching out, like publicists, like how do you find these people? Like how do exactly do you get them to even like accept, like what, what are you even asking them? Mm -hmm. So in terms of finding a publicist, I did an internship at a publicity company, which made it really easy for me to find a publicist. Mm -hmm. Um, and we reached out to missing peace group in Newark, New Jersey, um, for their collab album in March, Crookland. Um, and they gave us, since I was an intern, they gave us a discount. Thank God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, cause press can be really expensive. Publicity can be very expensive. Um, but basically they put us with this one guy, Brett, who was amazing. Oh my God. He was so, he was so great for the album. Um, he used to, he used to do stuff for Lupe Fiasco. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really cool. He was great. Um, so we found, um, we found that he was really good. He got us um, a feature on the Ebro show on Apple Music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was like, that was crazy. Um, Leonard and uh, Tyreek were like over the moon. Oh, my God. They were so excited. Um, in terms of getting your own press, what you have to do, you don't have, a lot of people will say you need to have, um, what's it called? Um, oh, what's the word? a press release. Mm -hmm. People will say that you need a press release. Um, I find that that's not really the case all the time. Um, it depends on the person. Um, sometimes some people will tell you to make a press release, make sure it's very professional, send, um, everything, every link, every like MP3 that you need them to have in the, in the initial email. Um, you can do that, but sometimes people will go the opposite route and just say, reach out to them, just say, um, Something like, hi, I wanted to ask what I would have to do to get on this website, to get on this outlet. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's really a right answer of what to do. Just and, see what's best for you and, and try that. And how does something like, how much does something like that even cost? Um, to get your own press, it's free. It's free. Unless they ask for like placement, a payment for like a certain uh, placement. Um, but usually it's free. Mm -hmm. But a publicist um, can be anywhere from like 400 to over two thousand dollars and so when it comes to helping your artists budget out things you know like because i imagine the artists you're managing are they doing this full time or are they doing this kind of like they're doing something else to help support like you know what they want you know mm -hmm. like their dreams and stuff yeah um leonard has a part-time job at microsoft i think he's like mm -hmm. tech support so it's not full-time it's not full-time for tyreek either um they but they both um were at school tyreek just graduated in may um, and this is Leonard's last semester. So it definitely isn't full time because they were juggling a lot with school and work. Um, but hopefully soon it'll be full time. Word. And so what does kind of success look like for you in the future? What does like, you know, this journey kind of look like right now? Like, let's say the next five years. Mm -hmm. Well, right now um, I'm in the process of looking for a full time job um, in the industry. So this is kind of like my side hustle, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know if I ever really want to make it my full-time job. Um, obviously, I want my artists to be as big and successful as they can be. But even if even if they blow up and become the next outcast, mm -hmm. I think I would still want to have like a, a another job because 
I'll, I'll definitely be busy, but I like being busy because, mm-hmm. um, I was doing like 19 credits, you know, as a music major, you have to do like a lot. Yeah. Um, so I was like totally booked my first two years of school. Then I started managing and I had to start my internships. I actually started my internships really late. Um, senior year, I had my first internship and just to catch up, I did two per semester, like with full-time school and with, um, Oof. yeah, with managing. That's a lot. So it was a lot, but I, I feel like that's when I'm my most productive when I when I know I have a lot to do. And you're talking about getting a, another job in the industry. I thought this was like your main gig. So like, what what are you looking for? I want to work at a management company. Um, I know a lot of them like red light management are kind of like you have your own artists, but you're covered by red light. So it's not like it's not like triple eight management, say in Nashville, where you would go into the company at triple eight and they would give you artists that are already signed to triple eight um and at red light and companies like red light you can go in i believe and just like bring your own artists so mm-hmm. hopefully something like that if not i'll deal with it but um i'm definitely not gonna you know give up my company give up my artists for another job so i'm always even if it's not like my main thing i'm gonna keep it on the side so what's like the is there is there a certain when it comes to your artists because it looks like you're pretty close to them mm-hmm. um is there where where's the fine line between like emotional attachment and supporting them emotionally like you know and also just the business the business aspect of it mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely a time for both. I met Leonard in high school. I've known him since I think junior year of high school. Um, so we were friends in high school and I think um I posted on Snap, like right before I started managing him. And this is kind of like the story of how we met. I mean, not how we met, like how we met as like artist manager and artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I posted something about like one of my classes. I think it was a music management seminar, I think. Um, and then he swiped up and he was like, do you want to be my manager? And I said, yeah, let's do it. I'm looking for someone. So that's how we started. Ma- um, that's how I started managing him. But it's, it's kind of, it's not hard, but it's kind of weird sometimes like with like speaking of that, thinking of that fine line, because we were friends first mm-hmm. with Tyreek. It's different. I met him like as an artist and like, so it, it kind of went like the other way. So with Leonard, it went friends to management with Tyreek. It went like management to friends. Um, because like when you manage an artist, you're bound to be friends. You're talking all the time. You're texting all the time. Um, FaceTime, everything you you, um, you're just working together like around the clock. So it's inevitable that you're going to become friends. Um, obviously you don't talk about like what you talk about with your best friend Mm -hmm. with them. But, um, I think if you're not friends with your artist, then it's, it's not going to work. Word. And so when it comes to also like, for example, in the whole scheme of thing as an artist, right? Mm -hmm. You have probably like your producer, your engineer, mastering engineer i'm guessing you have your manager right do you help them too with like finding like other producers like um getting their stuff mixed you know like and and do you get paid for that as well or um the way i get paid is i only make money you know i only make money when they make money so i get a percent of merch i I get a percent of streams um and i get a percent of live shows depending like depending on like if i didn't really have anything to do with it i'll say just keep Mm -hmm. it Um, but that's how I make money. Um, I don't make money for referring them to someone I'd love to, (laughs) I Mm. wish I did, but, um, that's not how it works with me at least. Um, but what, what, what was your first question? So 
when it comes to the different aspects of like producers, right, um, engineers, and all of that, like, are you getting paid for like connecting that? So, well, you just answered that, mm-hmm. like connecting them. But like, if you do have somebody like to connect them with, like, how does that work in that whole ecosystem? Mm-hmm. Like, did I name name everything in the ecosystem that's there? Yeah, um, producer, engineer, um, publicist. Uh, they're actually looking for a booking agent. So if anyone knows a booking agent, hit me up. Um, I they they came to me with their own connections, and I obviously came to them with mine. Um, and mine are mostly from my internships. Um, but I I think I connected them with one producer. Um, I wanted to connect them with some engineers that I know, but they already have like their engineers that they like to work with. But obviously if anything happens, I can connect them with more. Um, But another thing I really like to do is I like to go back and reach out to people who I knew from my internships and just say, hey, would you want to get on Zoom with me and my two artists and kind of just talk to them about your area of the music industry? And we did that with um, my old supervisor for Missing Peace, Cheska, and she just talked um, about marketing to them. She answered our questions. And I think that that's really essential that you you have to do that, especially if you don't have a manager. Um that's really how you get out there and meet people. People remember um, the ones that, obviously, the ones that reach out, the ones that you talk to. Um, and I do that for myself, even. Um, my internships that I had in the fall, the whole spring semester, um, I just made a little schedule on my phone. I was like, today I'm going to reach out to this person. Next week I'll do that person just to keep in touch. And I think that's really important for both artist and manager to do. Mm-hmm. So what were your internships like? Like, where did you intern? I interned, my first one was Producer Entertainment Group in LA. And my, during this, that was, um, that was fall 2020. And also fall 2020 was Missing Peace. Um, PG, Producer Entertainment Group, was um, like a, I, I did management and I did like record label tasks. Um, Missing Peace was publicity and marketing. Um, so real quick, how mm-hmm. was that like how was that record label tasks like what what consisted of that? Yeah, so sometimes I had to go in and fix like a website and like from the back end, which oh my god, it's so hard to do mm-hmm. for me. Um, I had to update their website. I had to update um, like again, like the back end of streaming sites and stuff like that. And how about you said you did publicity too? Publicity, yep. What entailed in that? Um, Well, I wasn't the one doing the pitching, thank God, because I don't like writing. (laughs) Um, I would just kind of do research um, and make lists of outlets. And the the most important thing when you're doing research for um, getting press is finding emails. And that's like the hardest thing anyone can ever do. You have to go on those those like kind of sketchy sites where they give you the people's emails, like work emails, professional mm-hmm. emails, and then personal. Um, so I had to do a lot of that, making a lot of lists. Um, and when you're looking for um, emails even, like when you're on a press website, um, sorry, like any outlet, you want to look at who the article is by. Like for me, um, if I were doing this for my own artist, I would look up like 24hiphop.com, for example. I'd click on whatever headline looks like the the most um, similar to what I would want for my artists, like the kind of vibe that they have. And I'd look for who it was by. And then sometimes there's a hyperlink to their page um, so you can contact them, find their information through that. Sometimes you have to dig. 
Mm -hmm. And how is looking for an artist? Like, I feel like Jersey's kind of weird, you mm -hmm. know? I feel like I was actually just, I had another guy, Avery um, Tristan, his artist mm -hmm. name is. Uh, and we we're talking about how Jersey kind of sucks. Or like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's not a big move music movement in Jersey. Like, there's these really cool people that you find, but I always find that people are either leaving Jersey because they're either going to Cali. Mm. Um, to, I know Texas is really big. I just went to Texas last summer and it was dope. Um, but how how is it like finding artists nowadays? Um, finding artists, I think it's kind of hard because there's just so many online. You have you really have to dig. Um, but when you find a good one, you really have to watch for consistency. I would say you can't really jump on them right away, even if you're like in love with them. Even if you think that they're like they have to be yours, you have to watch. You have to keep watching them um, to see if they post consistently, to see if they release music consistently, because um, if they don't, if they don't, then that's going to hurt you as a manager. Um consistency is really key and i've heard a lot of people at my internships talk about that too yeah so i know you talked about how leonard kind of already was all organized tyreek was all organized they actually released a song together right yeah yeah they had a whole album together so when it comes to like for example i know leonard i think this was a while ago he released um it was like a uh, a holiday music video freak yes freak. yes that yep D did you have anything to do with like the whole production in that yeah i did so he actually that that was shot in new jersey actually mm -hmm. um he had his whole like bloomfield squad help out with that so that was really cool he rented an airbnb and we all went up there it was already decorated too so mm -hmm. we saved money on decorations That's it was dope. great it was great um i kind of just I took a lot of the behind the scenes pictures. Mm -hmm. Um I made sure he looked good. Obviously, we had no makeup artist. I had to he was sweaty, it was hot. Oh, I had yeah. to help him <laughs> with that. Um and um yeah, that's that's pretty much all I did for that. It was actually it was my idea to have mm -hmm. him do freak. Yeah, um, I thought it was dope. No, yeah. I mean like the cinematography of it and everything, like oh, yeah. everything going. Did you like hire a photographer? Or was it like a friend? It was it was a friend of his. It, um, his name is Derek. And oh my God. Oh my God. He's so good. He has a lot of really talented friends, actually, especially um, cinematography mm -hmm. friends who do that. Um, but yeah, everyone who was involved with that was one of his friends from Bloomfield. And you said he's from Jersey, right? He's from Jersey. So did he make the move? I think he moved to Nevada, right? Arizona. Arizona, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, he moved to Arizona. Did he make the move because, like, of music? Or did he um, just move because, you know... Yeah, he actually goes to college there. Okay. So he, that's why he moved. He still has family here. Um, but he actually has... He got his um, his first apartment out there because this is his senior year. So he's just... I don't know if he's going to stay out there. I think he wants to move to L.A. soon. Mm -hmm. But... Um, he, he loves to represent Jersey, though, wherever he is. Yo, I mean, like, because like <laughs> I said, like, it's so dope to have people from Jersey. Because if you think about people who, like, are successful, I mean, even in the music industry, like, first person who comes up into my head when it comes to Jersey is Fetty Wap, right? But, like, you know. See, for me, it's My Chemical Romance. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know what's crazy? <laughs> They're pretty, um, uh, I forget what the, one of the guitarist's name is. Um, Ray, Frank, Eero. Um, Frank. Yeah. Frank, he's actually like pretty like local and stuff. Like you, my friend, I think like two years ago ran into him at a Chipotle. Oh, don't even get me chilling. started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I love my chemical. So, what yeah. type of music are you into? Emo music. Yeah. Emo music. Yep, a hundred percent. Low key, growing up, that was like 
my thing too like i kind of like now that i'm like older not that i got grow out of it i feel like you never really grow out of it yeah um but i feel like my music taste has just changed my bad this thing's freaking out on me no today. you're good no you're good um i feel like my music taste has just like changed like my palate has just grown into like crazy like new music like for example i'm really into like all I, indie means like whatever i don't even yeah. know what indie means to be honest indie is yeah. like a whole mixture of stuff mm-hmm. um but when like I just like anything that sounds weird, but also like has really good musical expression behind it. Yeah. Like, for example, when um, Childish Gambino came out with that album, I think it was like Me and Your Mama. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like crazy because like he went from going like hard hip hop to like just like this beautiful like jazz weird album. Mm-hmm. Um, My Chemical Romance. What other artists are there from Jersey that I'm trying to um, think about? Halsey's from Jersey. Yeah. Halsey. She doesn't really rap Jersey, does she though? I don't think so. I don't think so, right? No, nope. Yeah, because it's funny because I feel like I actually was born in Patterson. I mm-hmm. grew up around Patterson. I moved oh, to Little okay. Falls. Um, so hearing stories about like Fetty Wap was always like lit. Um, hearing stuff about like Victor Cruz because he's from Patterson too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird. I actually, you know, on the side of sound engineering, some of the studios I would go to, like Fetty Wap would frequent and stuff. So it would be like really oh. cool to be in and around. But yeah. it kind of sucks because it's like for him, like, you know, Besides his like two hits that he had, like, and he's that he still performs at like Rolling Loud, like that's it, you know. And it sucks because you see, like, I actually keep up with him because I'm I'm <laughs> I'm still a Fetty Wap fan. I'm hoping one of his things pop out again. Mm-hmm. But he like released like two out, al- like he really releases an album with his friends like every year, mm-hmm. and like I think he's releasing one. It's either coming out this month or it like comes out next month. Mm-hmm. But um, his last album that came out, like, I was just like. It was trash. Yeah. I felt bad, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. But do you feel like, I mean, everybody wants to move to L.A. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to just get away from Jersey. What do you think Jersey's lacking to, like, make the music, like, industry here, like, popping? Um, I can't think of anything other than the scenery, honestly. And that's a weird answer, but I'll tell you why. You can't take a good picture here. You really can't. So mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's going to, no one's going to really come to Jersey, even if we had a good music scene. Well, I mean, we have an okay music scene. I would say we're like the emo capital. I, mm-hmm. I would say that. But um, let's say all these influencers, all these, um, not even musicians, like, you know, just public figures moved here and they all lived here. What would the vibe be? Like just a dirty street? You can't really take a picture here. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't I have this love hate relationship with Jersey. It's actually um this past summer, uh, I went to Texas for like two and a half weeks. I loved it. I went to like I stayed in Houston for most of the time. Uh, I stayed with my boy, but then I kinda just rented out a car and I just drove to Austin. I drove to San Antonio and I just drove around. I wanted to see everything. Cause it was at a point where I feel like Growing up in high school, I always heard all my friends being like, yo, I'm sick of Jersey. I need to leave. And everybody leaves yep. to Delaware, Cali, like all over the States. Right. Which I think was dope. But for a while, I was just kind of like, eh, like, I'm all right with it. Like and then I got accepted into Willie P and they had a dope program. So I was like, nah, I'm chill. Um, I kind of had those same feelings towards the end of the summer. I was like, I'm mm-hmm. sick of Jersey. I left. Texas was beautiful. Um, it's huge. Uh, and Austin was more of like the hipster city that had like everything. Their music scene is dope. They have a lot of uh, new disco clubs. Um, they have a lot of uh, EDM clubs and stuff, which I think is really dope. And um, But it's like over here, there's just something that kind of like, 
after I left Texas, it kind of drew me back to Jersey because mm-hmm. um, it's weird. I feel like there's a lot of like hidden stuff here that I feel like is just on the up and up. Like one of the cities that I'm in love with that I feel like, honestly, if I wasn't born in Patterson, you would think I was like born in like Jersey City. Like mm. Jersey City has a dope up and coming scene. I think it, like in the next like 10 years or something, like they're just going to build like something around there. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to downtown Jersey City. But um, they got bars that are opening up that are super dope. They're mm-hmm. super creative. Um, it's getting more and more beautiful. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like people just haven't appreciated it enough. People you know? don't appreciate mm-hmm. it. They call it, They look, you've heard, the garbage can of, like, the yeah. trash can of the, the country. But yeah, the armpit of the states. Yeah. Like <laughs> and, you know, when people think about Jersey, I hate, I hate when people are just, like, they think of Jersey, they think of Jersey Shore, right? Yes. They think of, like, crazy Italians. Um, and it's crazy. Like, there's... I think there's an advantage to being in Jersey in a certain sense because I'm seeing more and more people and especially like celebrities like come into Jersey. Um, I'm a server right now. That's my side gig besides Mm -hmm. like just doing this for fun. Right. Um, And I think um, as I was growing up, like Montclair is trying to do this like they're trying to be like more than what they are right yes. i think they've been working on it for the past couple of years yeah we'll see have. how it goes right mm-hmm. uh but their downtown is becoming more popular and i find that more and more celebrities are leaving the cali area to like come here and like have like secret houses right mm-hmm. um i know justin bieber bought something over here i know yeah. um i actually was serving at my job the director of venom um i don't know if it was like the latest movie or whatever um i forget his name it starts with a J, ends with a uh, last name starts with a G or something. But he was like really cool, and he was just like, "Yeah, he's like, I feel like you know, it's good to be here because no one wants to be here." I'm like, "Shit, <laughs> dude! Like, man, I want everybody to be here." Right. Um, but you know, it's weird. Cali's going through a whole thing right now where like a lot of people are moving out. Do you think that's like a because you went out to Cali, right? I did. Yeah, I've been there twice. How do you think that's like affecting the whole like everybody trying to move out that Cali? You think it's affecting the music scene out there? Um, not yet. I think it definitely will though. Um, even my, um, my, my supervisor from PEG, my first supervisor, cause I did two internships there. Um, cause I needed one more credit, mm. but, um, he's from Missouri. He said if he could work in the music industry and live in Missouri, he would cause he hates LA. So I think, I think that's also a reason why people are moving. Um, I think scenes, the music scenes are expanding all over the country, obviously, um, down South. What is it? Uh, New Orleans has a really big music scene, yeah. Atlanta, um, obviously New York. Um, but I think people are actually starting to realize that because a lot of people like G Easy, not I'm not a fan, but he's the first one that comes to mind. Um, I think he's from down south somewhere like New Orleans or maybe Atlanta even. But I know that he grew up around that area. So I know a lot of people are from all these different um, cities and they rep those cities really hard. So I feel like a lot of people are leaving Cali, uh, leaving L.A. even just um, to go check those other places out because I, I know a lot of people don't like L.A. And when it comes to like, let's say you get an artist, right? Hypothetically, you get an mm-hmm. artist from Jersey, right? He, he reps Jersey mad hard. What do you think are the advantages and disadvantages besides scenery that he gets from staying here in Jersey compared to going over there to Cali? Yeah. Um, in New Jersey, it's much easier to make a name for yourself than L.A. Um, unless I'm wrong. I really, you know, I don't know, but, um, this is what I, this is what I would think. This is my theory. Um, there is a lot less people in New Jersey than, um, the whole state of California. I think I I, honestly, I could be wrong, but, um, you know what I'm trying to say? A lot of people in, I mean, everyone in LA is someone, everyone is someone. 
you even if you have like 10k for just being posting yourself on instagram you're talking you call yourself someone especially if you live in la but um in new jersey people aren't like that people are more real um so i feel like one it's easier to make a name for yourself locally in new jersey and two um your fans are more real because when i went to california both times i noticed that a lot of people are very they're not they're not real like like we are on the east coast Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Damn. Nah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm yet to go to Cali. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about going to Cali, I think in like January or February. Okay. Um, one of the guys I actually just had on the podcast, his name is Pat Damiano. Um, he's a photographer and he is going to be doing the coding and like, I think, I guess you could call it engineering. I'm not really sure, but the coding for cars driving autonomously, mm-hmm. like the cameras, like he's going to make sure the cameras could like know and know how to read the street. Um, I want to go out to see him. He lives in the Bay Area. Um, I have another, one of my best friends, he's in the Navy. Um, he's stationed, well, he lives in Oxnard. Um, and I'm trying to go out there and kind of just see stuff. Like, mm-hmm. what do you suggest like I go see out there? Um, definitely. Well, I'll tell you right now, Hollywood is the biggest letdown ever. You, yeah, it's it's like um, there's this street in Bloomfield, Bloomfield Ave. It's exactly like Bloomfield Ave. But um, other than that, I would say definitely go to Malibu. Oh, my God. I never knew scenery like that could exist. Because, you know, I'm from New Jersey. We don't really have anything that looks like the Pacific Ocean here. Because mm-hmm. the Atlantic? No. No, no mm-hmm. way. Um, but they have mountains in Mal. They have mountains everywhere. But in Malibu, the way you need to go to Malibu at sunset. You have to do that. Um, because the way the sun hits the mountains and the water, it like everything's gold. You won't believe it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's funny. You told me that uh, your style of music, like you're more into emo and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. How does that affect you, you know, managing, you know, Tyreek and Lonely? Hip-hop artists, yep. yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, like, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, it kind of seems strange to me. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been a little hard. Um, I do listen to a little bit of everything, um, being a musician, but I had to do a lot of, I had to do a lot of research on um, press outlets for hip-hop. I had to do a lot of research on other local hip-hop artists. Um, I've listened to a lot of... Um, uh, Tyler, the creator, I've listened to a lot of Travis Scott just to kind of understand, mm-hmm. um, like the culture, you know, the culture of hip hop, um, today, today. But, um, it's funny because both of them have kind of an old school sound and they've, they get this a lot. Um, so I should probably do some more research on like old school hip hop now that that comes to mind, but it's, it's definitely given me a little bit of a barrier, um, Versus if I was managing an emo band, which I, God, I hope I manage an emo band one day. Mm. Bucket how, list. How popular are like emo bands today? Not very popular, but emo is coming back because of TikTok, mm. e-girls. Um, and, you know, I man- um, manage, I follow um, Scene Daddy on Instagram. I follow this label, Ghost Killer Entertainment. Um, so I follow all these like fan pages of just emo culture and I found some emo, like some small emo bands through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. That's dope. So what, for, what, what was like the first band that got you into like the emo scene? 
um, it's a tie green day and the all American rejects. And it's really cool Mm -hmm. because me and my sister were basically the same age. She's one year older than me. Um, we had our first ever CD was green day, their international super hits. Mm -hmm. And we just got to go to the tour that they had, um, the show with, uh, green, green day, fallout boy and Weezer. So it was really cool to just see them in person with my sister when our first CD was green day. Yeah. I think, um, I feel like my first song was probably like Basket Case by Green Day. Yes. Right when I started yeah. out. I started off with that. And I remember going on like old YouTube, like like when YouTube first came out, like 2007, right? Mm-hmm. And looking at that video and just having it play and play and play. Yeah. And it's weird. I didn't really consider myself to be like emo or like into that music. And it's funny. Actually, my older cousin got me into that music actually at first because then um, he put me onto bands like Good Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't, I don't know if they are considered emo, but like it kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, then Fall Out Boy, oh my god, oh, yeah. I fell in love with Fall Out Boy with their music videos. Um, uh, what's that song? Um, Am I more than you? Sugar, we're going for? down. Yo, that yeah. video <laughs> kills me every time, dude. Because I just be like, what the hell is going on? And how like it all connected, like within uh, My Chemical Romance. Weren't they supposed to come out with like an album, like um, in the past like two years or something? Did they end up like releasing that? Um, they definitely didn't. I would know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're going to go on tour though. I'm trying to get tickets for their Prudential Center tour. Not, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I'm not trying, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking about it. But honestly, I don't know how my mental state would be after I see them live. I don't know if I'm going to mm-hmm. have a complete meltdown because, ooh, they're my like number one. Yo, you might as well just try. I might as well, know? right? And honestly, just hit up every Chipotle that's in Jersey, bro, because <laughs> probably Frank is probably chilling out mm-hmm. there. I'd like mm-hmm. something, bro. I heard he's like really like, I forget where he lives, but he lives not too far away from here. Oh, like, really? Yeah, he actually's like super local. Like I know, like he's be, he'd be just chilling around. Like he'll be in like guitar centers and shit. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like and he's probably like the same way because I feel like people don't freak out as much like here in Jersey or like yeah. like I don't know if like do you get like shell shocked by like you know seeing artists like that? I mean, I guess my comical romance you probably would, right? Yeah, my cam I definitely would. Um, a little bit for um Billy Joe from Green Day, but mm. that was that wasn't even like me talking to him. That was me like all the way in the nosebleed seats seeing him run out on stage. So that was kind of crazy. But um, I actually have a short story when I saw what's his name Waka Flocka. You know Waka mm-hmm. Flocka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was walking home from high school. It was like two thirty. School just got out, and I was walking past um the pit. In Bloomfield, which is like everyone, everyone knows the pit if you live in mm-hmm. Bloomfield. Um, and this gold car rolls up and I make eye contact with the guy in there and I, do, I have no idea who it is. It's, it's him. But I just look and I'm like, gold car. He probably rented that like mm-hmm. just to just to flex for the day. And all these high school kids like come running out of the school, running out of every um, store on the street. And they're looking at him and I'm like, who is that? And I go to my friend and I'm like, is he famous? And then as I said that, one kid is like, excuse me, are you famous? And he said, yeah. And I said, yeah, right. And then later that night, I went on Instagram and I saw the pit actually posted like, oh, Waka Flocka came today. And I was like, wow. So, That's sick. Yeah. That's sick. I love when stuff like that. I feel like when whatever celebrities come in Jersey, it's like some weird story like that. Mm-hmm. I know um, it's not exactly my friend. Uh, it's my friend's friend, right? Mm-hmm. That's how stories always end up yeah. happening. Fetty was driving in Patterson and he actually hit, I'm just going to call him my friend. He hit yeah. my friend with his car. 
right mm-hmm. and um he hits him with the car and then he's just like yo what the hell he gets out and he's like yo he's like i'm sorry and then he's like yo you're fetty wop and he's like yeah dude i'm so sorry and he's like nah dude it's cool drive me home and he's like all right so then fetty wop just drove what? him home and then he was like yo i'm sorry for hitting you in my car and he's like nah man, no way cool, i wish that's that cool. was me yeah dude that'd be sick yeah bro. but honestly if that was me i would have stayed on the floor <laughs> i would have caught catch that <laughs> secure check, that bag yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah secure that bag bro i mean like shit i could use it for sure for mm-hmm, sure mm-hmm. so what do you do on like you know your free time besides getting away from like music like what do you do besides like all this management stuff mm-hmm. anything that has to do with music um i love painting i've gotten really into painting um i don't know if you've ever seen my when i post them on my yeah, stories I've seen you. yeah you have a little etsy shop too right yeah i have an etsy store um and I just started doing some local art shows, like art shows slash art sales. Um, and I think those are really fun. They're just like little community things. Like I did one um, in the summer and I did one uh, for Hispanic Heritage Month. And that was really cool because, you know, they had all that like Hispanic music. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was a whole vibe. Yeah, I'm super into that. So besides painting, is there anything else that you're into? Um I'm always out driving around with my friend, you know, Mm. there's nothing really to do here all the time, you know, Um, so we just go for drives. I like driving around Franklin Lakes, which is, you know where that is? It's like right up here. Yeah. Yeah, Just looking at the big, the huge houses um, and the the scenery. So it gets scary at night, though, because they have like no streetlights. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to put you onto some spots in Jersey now. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah I'll please. Probably, I'll definitely make you fall in love with Jersey mm-hmm. all over again. Because like, let me tell you, for me, like. When I was leaving here, like, I feel like I was kind of in the same spot as you where I was like, I there, I felt like I, there was like nothing to do. Right. Um, For me, this past like two. Nah, I probably say since the pandemic. Right. Or maybe like six months before the pandemic and, and to, to like the present. Mm-hmm. I was very like it's been a weird like transition for me when William Patterson was a great experience. Like I loved it. Um, I had some great friends and they're doing like some dope ass things now. Um, leaving, I kind of didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. Um, I love engineering. I love working on people's music. Um, but I kind of realized we're like so young right now. We're like kids. Mm -hmm. Like I'm 23 and I feel like, you know, um, I feel like we're trained most of our lives to kind of be like, oh, figure shit, figure your shit out. Like, you know, like right now is the time to invest and like, you know, like make your dreams happen. And that's true to a certain extent, for sure. Um, But I've always kind of been behind the wheel or at least I felt like I was Uh, when I got into my program. Like I didn't know shit at (laughs) all. Like I've like shout out Kersner because I know he, he tunes in here once in a while, but like I didn't know jack shit. Like I didn't even know like the the microphone cord was called an XLR. And I remember him asking me, he was like, "Yo, what do you want to do?" And I was like, "I just know I want to do this. Like I don't I don't know anything else." And then going into like a whole classroom with other people, you know, the competitiveness within it, yeah. you know, it's kind of just really weird. But going back to like finding things to do in Jersey, um, I'm very much into art. Um, if you haven't been to Jersey City and you haven't seen all the art paintings out there and mm-hmm. what they're doing out there, you definitely definitely yeah definitely i want to go, go. i've only been there once bro i would i would i would personally take you to jersey city for <laughs> sure because it's lit out there it's definitely lit out there it's a different vibe um and kind of like attaching to like it's near hoboken too it's funny i've had a lot of weird jobs when it comes to like supporting <laughs> my musical dreams mm-hmm. um i worked for an ice cream company and i used to deliver for them like all over jersey too oh, wow. so i got to see like um 
I wasn't like trying to like deliver all over Jersey, but um, it was not, it was like not even like not necessarily South Jersey, but I don't think there's a Middle Jersey. I don't think that Central Jersey exists. That's just my <laughs> personal opinion. But uh, I would be a lot of driving around that area, right? Um, and I'd be seeing like all the farms. Like I didn't even understand why we we're called the Garden State. I was mm-hmm. like, bitch, I ain't never seen a fucking garden here <laughs> ever, yo. But uh, besides my backyard, but um, it's beautiful. There's some great places out in Jersey. I think being a rock. Being uh, like live bands, um, there's a place called Just Jake's in Montclair where I yes. find a lot of people be like playing yeah. there too. And it's it they, they're, they're really talented people sometimes who go there. And then sometimes you'll get like the bands that flop. Mm-hmm. Um, do you actually know any like small venues like locally that like people could go out to? Um, I know Boon Tunes. Um, I know in, uh, in Bloomfield, I don't know if they have a venue technically, but I know Sloppy Vinyl does some like YouTube live stuff and some Instagram live stuff. Um, I know some people that work there. Um, I think that that um, they're a record label, but I think that they are doing some really cool stuff. So shout out to them. Definitely check them out. Sloppy Vinyl. Do you know, actually, thing about hip hop, do you know any areas in New Jersey where you could like perform as a hip hop artist that's like, you know, known for that? Nope. Yeah. I feel like everything's either indie or rock here. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing I was thinking. Cause I do know like some places, but they're like in Patterson mm-hmm. and not any, not everybody like Patterson's not the vibe for everybody. Yeah. Um, cause sometimes it could get sloppy. Sometimes it can get <laughs> like really fucked. Yeah. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think what's your experience with like the kind of like rough side of the industry? Cause I know, um, a lot of people think like you're a musician, they're, they're thinking like drugs, you know, smoking, all of that. Like what's your, what's your thoughts like behind that? Like, mm, mm, let me phrase that question better. How involved does that get between you, your artists and like the people around you? Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to start by saying Marconi told us a few years ago in class that, um, all the great musicians that he knew, um, never made it because of drugs. Um, I don't think, well, my artists aren't crazy, you know, they're Mm -hmm. not gonna, they're not gonna snort Coke or anything, Mm -hmm. but especially like not before a show, Mm -hmm. but, um, or in general, let me just clear that (laughs) up. (laughs) (laughs) just to clear that up. But, um, but yeah, I think I, I got lucky with some really hardworking, clean ish Mm -hmm. guys. So, um, hopefully it stays that way. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I definitely feel that. Cause I mean, it's weird. Um, I've been in a lot of like, I've been really involved or not. I don't want to say like crazy involved, but I've been, I've had a lot of cool experiences as an engineer, like going in and out Mm -hmm. of uh, like studio sessions and what happens behind the scenes. Um, Like for example, I heard this one story. My friend was an engineer uh, for this one guy. um, I forget what his name is, but he has like a secret studio. Like that's super local. And Mm -hmm. a lot of cool people go there. Like Beyonce's nephew goes there. Oh, wow. Uh, I know. Uh, Fetty Wap goes to record there all the time. Um, T Grizzly goes to record there. Uh, but like, for example, they had one artist come in and he was just working his session. And uh, this guy named, he used to be really big before. Uh, I think he's kind of calmed down now, or at least I don't see him on like World Star anymore. Yeah. But um, his name was Fatboy SSC. Yes. Right? Yeah. You know, he came into a session and just brought like a whole bunch of like strippers or hookers and stuff. And they were just like chilling all over the place. They were partying, they were drinking, they were smoking, they were doing everything. And my boy's just trying to work you know yeah um i think he also worked with little tj too Mm -hmm. for a bit he actually made two songs with them but how it works on our side or like sound engineering side is like a lot of these rappers they'll just come into the studio they'll find some random producer and then they'll just be like yo let's make a couple songs they'll make Mm -hmm. a couple songs they'll kind of like it but 
if like the label doesn't like it or if they're not completely in love with it, they'll just trash whatever you have, but they still own 100% of it. Mm -hmm. So you can't even say, you can't even, you don't even have proof to be like, yo, I worked with Lil TJ or hey, right. I worked with Fetty. Um, that side is crazy. Yeah. That's, it's really unfortunate. Hip hop. Hip hop's hard in New Jersey. Yeah. Definitely yeah, it hard. Is. Mm -hmm. Because I think um, I prefer, I was, I was actually part of like a, a hip hop group. We were called Melting Mindset. Um, and we were together for like maybe like two years or whatever. And I, I mostly just did it for fun. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a rapper. I would mm -hmm. call my, I don't, I don't know if a poet's the right word, but I kind of, <laughs> like I say, I do whatever I like. I do it for fun and I do it confidently. So fuck it, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, but we actually did a show in um, the Meat Locker in Montclair. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, bro, that was tough. It was, it was tough for two reasons. One, you go in and it's a venue that's like definitely like metal grunge like you know there's like satan stuff all over the wall oh, like dirty cool. stickers and everything yeah. and uh, the people who are running it like the monitors the like speakers and everything were all like busted they're mm -hmm. all busted um i was like hey can i just get like an aux to plug in my computer and they're like nah we don't got shit and i was like <laughs> bad i was wow. like cool and then halfway i think through our set that we did like the music cut so we had to do part of it acapella and doing oh. hip-hop acapella just like <laughs> yeah yeah it's like Ooh, yeah. like unless the crowd is super into you well, thank god we had like a lot of cool friends so mm -hmm. like they were like hyping us but like mm -hmm. you know how that goes yeah have you ever seen like a rough performance or anything or like um supporting your artists or going to other shows and being surrounded by that stuff um, I've never seen anything really happen that extreme. Um, yeah, no, nothing's ever happened. Um, at least not with my artists yet. And I hope it stays that way because no, yeah, I'm not trying sure. to clean that up. No, nah, yeah. It's, 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 it's humbling when you have like yeah. a, a rough show. I've definitely had like one or two experiences where I'm like, shit, <laughs> I picked it up. But I mean, it is what it is. So um when it, what's the do you have any cool like experiences like for example for me i'm always i always find myself like finding that the music industry is way smaller than it actually seems like you think about the music industry and you hear like you know atlantic records and you think about all those big people but i feel like there's a lot of small people who have big connections too that you never know when it's gonna hit like for example um i'm gonna be having an artist on the podcast i think the second week of October, um, his name used to be Excel. His name now is uh, Winter Break. Mm -hmm. And he's a really dope, like, he reps Jersey hard as hell. He's a um, he's a rapper. Um, and, for example, one of his friends is a DJ, and she's actually now touring with Jack Harlow, for example. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's 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 pretty dope, and she's from Jersey too. And like, um, I think she reps Jersey pretty hard too. I think she's actually from Patterson as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's a weird. Um, I find especially in this North Jersey area, yeah, there's definitely like a cool weird vibe with people like who are coming out, and like I just wish they rep Jersey more. But do you mm -hmm. know anything like that? Like any stories or anything like that? Um, not anyone from Jersey, um, not yet. But at my internship, uh, PG, they represented the drag queens from rupaul's drag race oh that's dope yeah it was really cool so i got to meet um i got to meet bb zahara benet she was the season one winner and i only know this because i worked there i i was lost when i started uh interning there because i'd never seen one episode bro rupaul's drag race go yeah. hard yo that it goes hard mm -hmm. but continue yeah so um i got to meet her on zoom um 
I talked, uh, uh, she was talking to me about doing her social media. We're still talking about that. So hopefully that works out because I need a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they also, um, I think their biggest artist is, um, or at least like public figure is Trixie Mattel. If you've ever heard of her. Mm. No, I haven't. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she won on again. I don't watch it, mm-hmm. but um, she's she's their biggest one because she does she does YouTube. She's like all over YouTube um, with Katia, who's another like I think that's their second biggest um, person on the roster. But um, seeing the connections that because I follow her on Instagram now, Trixie, and just seeing the connections that she has, like I I think she knows uh, James Charles, and you know that James Charles knows everyone. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like the eight degrees of Kevin Bacon, if you know what that is. It's like everyone in the world can be connected to like any other random person by eight people, eight or six. I don't know. I, th- I think it's eight, but um. That's just really cool to see because if I ever go to like a party, you know, in LA, like if you mm-hmm. ever go to, you just need one person. You just need to know one person, and you know the entirety of LA. Yeah, I mean that 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 would be so cool. You know, mm-hmm. have you have you gone to any parties out in LA or not yet? Oh my god, because that stupid pandemic. Oh my god, mm-hmm. I feel like when I went out there, um, I went out there for the first time uh, during my internship in the fall of 2020. Um, if there was anything going on, I could have gone, but you know, everything was virtual. So nothing was really happening, but hopefully. How has the pandemic kind of affected what you do? And like, you know, I mean, like on my side, obviously like, you know, for sound engineering, like all the studios were closed and that kind mm-hmm. of sucked. And even now it's kind of been an uphill climb finding like work. Um, I mean, bigger studios, things are kind of getting back to normal now, but like, for example, for the height of it, like how did it affect you? Yeah. Um, so I started managing, like I said, in the beginning of the pandemic, um and that kind of affected me in a big way because I didn't have any including my internships I didn't really have any live experience so all the experience I was getting was either virtual um or like social media stuff Mm -hmm. um so come like uh what day is it two weeks ago yeah come like two weeks ago October 1st um I had my first live show that I told you I was working on for Lonely Leonard in Arizona um I thought I wasn't going to know like what to do. Thank God I got through it because that was really my first time like working on the live scene. Mm -hmm. And how was that first time? Like you said, you were just dealing mostly with like the security and like management, everything happening. Did you make any connections out there? I did. Yeah. This, um, the security guard that was working that night, um, we're going to rehire him for whatever else we do. We wanted to see if he had like a, he's from Jersey too. So that was cool. Yeah. But everybody leaves Jersey. Everybody leaves. Mm -hmm. Everybody, nobody stays. Um, but Yeah, he has like a freelance thing that he does. So we're going to hire him again. He was really great. He was really great. What made him great? Um, he wasn't, he wasn't intimidating, you know, he wasn't trying, he didn't try to be intimidating. And plus when he found out that, um, me and him were from Jersey, me and, um, Lonely Leonard, um, I feel like he opened up to us a lot more because we have that connection. So what's next for your artist? Like, what do you see as their next step? Because I feel like you know, I've I've kind of been like in the artist scene too and trying to do my own thing with music. Um, and like I feel like exactly what you said, organization, making sure you're consistent, consistency is freaking key yeah. with everything. Um, what do you think is their next step to make them bigger? Like for example, I know Tyreek just released nineties baby. Yes, uh, he did. 90- Nineties baby, yeah, baby, right. It was actually I just finished listening it today because I want to make sure I listen to everything. Today. Mm-hmm. I thought it was dope as hell. It's and so the, good. The flow's great. Mm-hmm. Him and his rapper. I feel like, especially when it comes to rapping, like you need to find your voice and kind of where you like fit in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when it comes to hip hop, like 
I think just the difference between, I think he released his first thing in like 2018, maybe. Yeah, it was, it was around that. It was around Pretty then. recent. Yeah, yep. I was listening to that to now, and it's great to see like the growth. The growth. There. So, for example, he just released this. It did really well on streams, too, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, right? it did. Um, um, that's thanks to releasing singles. Releasing singles is the best thing you can do because that's, again, like being consistent with the Spotify algorithm. Um, because those streams, um, from the, each single that you release, they roll over and they count for the EP release or the album release or whatever, like contemplation, like thing you're going to, uh, compilation, compilation mm -hmm. thing you're going to release with it. And that, um, helps your numbers a lot. So, and Spotify favors, obviously who has more numbers, you know? Mm -hmm. So all of that helps with the Spotify algorithm a lot. Word. So what what is like the Spotify algorithm? Like you just like what helps like make your stuff bigger? Um, pre-saves are a huge deal. That's why we um my artists, I always have them do some kind of pre-save campaign. Um for 90s baby, we had those those 90s baby IDs. So mm. if you pre-saved, you got an ID. I thought they were really cool. Mm. Uh, let me know if you want one. It's mm. not too late. Well, I got you, yo. <laughs> um pre-saves, pre-saves really um uh, get you favored by the algorithm though. Um, pre-saves can also, I believe that they can help you get on the, um, Spotify's own playlists. Mm -hmm. The, um, uh, what are they called? There's a name for them. I can't remember right now. Um, but yeah, pre-saves, um, releasing consistently. Philp told me a few months ago that, um, one of his artists, Gina, mm -hmm. um, she has the next few months all planned out for when she's going to release like each single and she has them, you know, like consistently, consistent consistency is like the main thing, like you said before. Um, but Spotify will, um, favor you if you release music consistently. So I always, I always like, if they want to release, if my artists want to release albums or EPs or any like big thing like that, I always say you please do at least like half as singles first. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of going back to my question before, what is, your next step in helping them find their like next step to be bigger like yeah. obviously this is super dope I, I think the artwork was dope um i also have a question about merch but we'll get to that in okay. a second um what's their next step in in this process are right, just gonna keep working on music um mm -hmm. do you think it's booking the next show or is it like really just a thing of like oh when is my next big break yeah um for both of them i would say um getting a booking agent would help a lot um and they really want to get some kind of little deal with any kind of label. So we're looking for that. But obviously, we don't want to really um, pitch to a label. We want a label to come to us because I just feel like that works better. Um, but honestly, we might we might try label pitching just to see what we get back. Um, the Oh, what was I going to say? What was your can you repeat the question? Um, what was their next step in their journey? Okay. If they were also waiting for like a break, for example, right. you just said you were maybe looking for labels now. Yeah. Um, on the, on the, um, speaking of Leonard, he actually just hit over a million likes on TikTok, mm -hmm. um, total. Um, and I think he has over 27,000 followers because he's very, I don't know if you've ever seen his TikTok, but I have not. yeah, you should check. It's low life Leo on TikTok. I'll send it to you later, but low life Leo on TikTok. Um, he talks about these crazy political things. He is very opinionated. Mm -hmm. Um, I just tell him don't hold back. You know, he has to be controversial. That's what got him a million likes, you know? Word. 
how does TikTok kind of affect like this whole scene? Because TikTok has blown up within like what the past two years. Oh yeah. And I feel like even more during like the pandemic, the pandemic. it was almost like a thing that brought us a lot together. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that affect your artist and what what is your involvement in that? Um, well, with Leonard, I try to sometimes if I see something on the news or something that's going on, um, or something that's trending, I'll send it to him and I'll be like, oh, you, maybe you should make a TikTok on this. Um, for example. We had a a few, uh, I think it was maybe like two months ago, we had that whole Kool-Aid man debate of like, is is he the jar or is he the juice? Mm -hmm. I said, definitely make a video on that. So he did. That one did really well because you you have to be quick. You have to be quick on TikTok um, with, with your content. Um, and Tyreek, he mostly posts, uh, music stuff and he's doing, he's doing well on TikTok too. He does, he promotes his own music. He dances to it. He'll do like day one of vibing to my own music, day two of Mm -hmm. vibing, um, and stuff like that. So I think, um, a lot of people will actually say like, oh, perform on TikTok, go live or just post videos of you singing. But I never tell them to do that. I never because if I'm on if I'm like scrolling on TikTok and I see someone singing, I'm not going to watch. I'm on there for comedy, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, if you make a relatable video, like I've seen a lot of videos go viral of people of people performing, but it's not just them sitting there and performing. You know, they made a skit out of it or they made like a whole production out of it. Um and I think those those do way better. So I would say I would say um, you know, I would say just like don't just be creative, be mm-hmm. creative. So talking about um, I kind of want to get into the merch side of things, too. OK, how because even even for example, this podcast, at some point, I would love to get out merch uh, with this mm-hmm. podcast. But I feel like honestly, maybe I'm a little lazy too. Uh, that, that could be a big factor in it. Um, cause I, I've looked into it and then obviously you, you obviously get like the big companies that come out like custom ink and shit. Right. And then you go in and then you're like, you look at the pricing and stuff. Um, how does that work necessarily with finding somebody who would distribute that budgeting that? Mm-hmm. I would say definitely try printify because they print on demand. It's like made to order. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have to waste, um, or spend a bunch of money getting your own, like getting, let's say 20 shirts and then having them and then trying to sell them. You can just make the mock-up on printify, um, get the picture, post it. And then if people order, that's when you make money. It's like, you're never spending money, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's what I did for my, um, my Dion management merch. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think that worked a lot better than if I would have like bought in bulk Mm -hmm. for sure. So they take care of all, all the shipping and stuff. Yeah, they do. That's it. Cause I was actually looking, I'm a very much the type of person if I, see something I want to do, I, I get way too passionate about it. Like, mm-hmm. I get way too, like, crazy. I want to do stuff. Even when I was looking into merch for the podcast, instead of, like, looking for websites like that, which I probably should have spent time on, mm-hmm. um, I was looking at, like, T-shirt printers. Like, you know, those ones that you could, um, like, yeah. you just, like, squeegee that stuff? Yeah. But I was looking, I was, like, telling my dad, I was like, yo, <laughs> you got to make space in the garage. Clean <laughs> but I'm crazy with this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy, too. So do you sell, how does... I know um, you guys have like link trees and stuff, right? Right. How important 
is Linktree to like everything, the whole ecosystem and especially being a presence online. Yeah, I think it's so important. It's really important because um, Instagram only gives you one like website thing to put in your bio. And that's kind of like cheating, cheating the the system on Instagram because you can have everything you want in there. Um, before Lonely Leonard did a show, did his show that I worked on, um, I updated his Linktree with all his socials because I printed out QR codes that went to his Linktree that we put up um, mm-hmm. around the venue. Um, and you know, it's, it's so much easier than just, than telling people, Oh, uh, here's the link to this. Here's the link to that. Like, no, you could just have like one link to click on. And then it says YouTube, Instagram, like, uh, merch and whatever else you want. And it's, it just makes it easier for the cons, the consumer. Um, and that's what you really want. Like business speaking, like that's what you really want because the easier it is for someone to do something, the more likely they are to do it. Mm-hmm. And kind of um, going back on another question I was thinking about, how much money do you think an artist should be spending a month? Or maybe it's not necessarily a should be spending a month, but like realistically, right? Because mm-hmm. like I'm saying, um, I mean, Lonely Leonard Tyreek probably don't pay you monthly, right? You could probably right. pay it off of like what the work you do for them, right? And mm-hmm. what they do. Um, but I'm assuming they're investing in themselves, right? Yes, 100%. Um, and I think a lot of artists kind of, uh, come up short when it comes to investing in themselves and it's no one's fault. Um, but a lot of people just don't want to spend the money. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, I would say about if it, if you're booking a venue, um, because Leonard likes to book his own venues rather than getting, um, like booked at, at, at a show with, uh, like for other people, he likes headlining his own stuff. So he books his own venues. And sometimes like we're booking a venue, um, right now we're in the process of booking something that's around like 300. Um, last month he did something that was like 1200. So it really depends on what you're doing that month. But, um, I would say definitely don't, don't be cheap, but don't be like easy with your money. You need to do some research before you make a purchase. Mm -hmm. And how do you get like, for example, how do you know, how big his fan base is like right Mm -hmm. now, like, and how do you know that they're going to be ending up going to go to a show? Yeah. So for him, he does shows, um, with DJs and a lot of the DJs have big fan bases. So that's, he's kind of cheating the system that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's really cool. It's like a, that's like a hack right there. It's like a life hack because all the people that, um, the DJ has come to like their show or their party because he does parties too. Um, all those people that don't know him, they're, they're going to know him now. And it's because of the DJ. So I think if you can find someone who has, um, a big audience who, who's willing to work with you, then you should definitely do that because it's, it's, it, it works. You know, you get followers, people, when people see you live, when you perform live, they get excited. I've done it myself and they want to follow you like mm-hmm. right then and there like, Oh, Oh, they're so good. They're going to blow up. I want to be here. Like from the beginning, I want to uh, stand them from the beginning. Um, so people get excited and follow you and they, they, they'll, they're not going to unfollow. I mean, some people will, but the real fans won't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Getting real with that too. Yeah. So, I actually kind of want to talk about your time here at William Patterson. Okay. So I feel like William Patterson is probably one of the most slept on universities in the state. I mean, people will talk shit like how they want to all the (laughs) time. But like there's this there's this sickening love that I have for the musical department and how hard I feel like people from each department work with their own students, with their own, like, you know, um, like making sure they know everything. Like, for example, for me and uh, sound engineering, like 
Kersner like changed my life. You know what I mean? Like he taught me everything I needed to know. And now I'm kind of just chilling with the information that I got and trying to find out where I fit in this whole area. How was your education with, you know, learning with like Philip? How was your experience with that? And like, what was different? Cause I know that the William Patterson, like, like the music management program is always on like different websites of like being one of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. If I'm not wrong. Right. Yeah. So how was your experience? Let's start out with like, First, getting into the program, how was your experience? Um, I'm really glad that I was able to get into the program. Um, I had to audition on flute because you're a, it's a BM and not a, a bachelor, of, bachelor of Arts, mm-hmm. not a BA. Um, so I was kind of nervous because I the I didn't know my scales. I didn't know anything. Thank God I got lucky and I played that like F sharp minor scale. But um, getting in, getting in was kind of, I would say it was kind of hard because I had to really work. Um, even graduating, um, speaking of like my whole time here, graduating was kind of hard for me only because it was a music, um, degree. And I didn't, I didn't really want to like play flute or be in band or anything, but I had to, Mm -hmm. I wanted to just focus on the, the industry stuff. But, um, being a BM, I had to do everything else. But, um, the, the classes I really loved. I really loved the classes because everything was so interesting to me. And I really love how they divide the, um, yeah, like how they divide the classes between like management, um, you have survey, which is like the whole thing. You have structure and content, you have law, you have, um, uh, media use, which is like press and publicity. And they, they really, um, give you a whole, um, like, like you dip your toes into every single part of the industry pretty much other than radio other than radio but Mm -hmm. every every other part of the the um industry without even working you know just going to school and I think that's really great that they do that here and what do you think was the thing that was most special to you here at William Patterson to like get you really prepared for the industry um I think my the the class with Philp um, the personal management in the music industry class and just, uh, professor Philp being available to talk to on zoom or just to stop by his office. Cause I did that a lot just to ask him different things. Like even before, um, I took that class, uh, I would stop by his office and be like, just, you know, asking him some questions. And I think that helped me a lot. It helped me, um, figure out what I wanted to do too. So, um, shout a big shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I remember, I remember this one time I, I went to his office and I said, I don't know if I want to do, uh, uh, the, uh, management. Cause I was, I was, th- I was on the fence. I was thinking about it. And I said, what I really want to do is I kind of want to do like sound engineering and make tracks. Cause I did that in high school and I thought it was really fun. Mm-hmm. And he told me, well, you could do that on the side, but the real money is in the industry. Mm-hmm. So, um, he, he kind of, he kind of guided me to like find out what I wanted to do. Yeah. I feel like they do a great job at that. You they know? do. Um, cause I think Kersner too, when I went up to him, he kind of asked me too, he's like, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love writing music. I like making tracks too. Um, I'd consider myself a songwriter as well because it's just it's like a passion of mine. But really, more on the side now. You know, what I mean, uh, engineering has definitely helped with setting all this up and making like one of this is like my favorite hobby to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll ever like be big or whatever. I'm kind of just gonna do it until like either I get sick of it or it's not fun. But mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like there's always people to talk to. There's always people I, I want to get to know better, especially like seeing I'm not a big social media person. I actually kind of hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I hate like trying to like put this image of yourself out there. Um, and like, it kind of freaks me out. Like all these people like watching me and like me not having like, I don't even know if it's control, but it's like, yeah. it's more of just like, I rather just have real human interactions with people. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't end up being the best interaction, I still rather have that real life experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny too, because I just posted up the first thing on like Instagram, like after, in like forever. Um, sorry, I get sidetracked so easily. <laughs> um, but when it came to Kersner, uh, I was talking, I'm like, oh, like I really like writing music. I want to do this. He's like, are you sure you don't want to be like a pop major? Like and just doing that? And I was like, nah dude i was like i definitely like because i like performing um there's a certain high you get off performing i actually mm-hmm. had this girl who's um last week her name is abri cielo she's a theater arts major and we we're talking about that high you get off of performing um and i'm sure uh tyreek and lonely like both could probably like attest yeah. to that because there's like there's just no other feeling of just being on that stage like doing your thing and everybody going wild like it's it's crazy yeah definitely um and there's definitely like a certain amount of like nervousness you get into that but um yeah and then like you know kersner gave me a chance and, and it's funny i actually had philp for a class i think it was um intro to be um the music industry some some business class or whatever mm-hmm. it was really dope to kind of see everybody in there too i don't know if we were in that class together. i feel like i was just thinking that i feel yeah. like we might have been yeah we were because then we switched into um we switched into zoom yeah, uh, we did yeah. To, and then we had to do our presentations at the yeah, end. Yeah, we right? did. Yeah, so, yeah, you yeah, were in that class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was entrepreneurship, I think. Yeah, entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I remember now. You know yeah. what's funny, too? I think um, the company I made in that class was an artist management company. So mm-hmm. I feel like that helped me like open my own, my, my real one. Mm-hmm. Actually, we're coming towards the end of the podcast, but I didn't want to get into how is opening up your own LLC? Yeah, so it's a lot of legal stuff that I had no idea what it meant. So I got someone to help me with that, kind of translate it um it was um I think it was instantaneous like after you do you could do it all online um after you filled everything out you had to do it in a specific order which was kind of weird but you could just google everything it'll tell you what you need to know um it was instantaneous after I finished the last step on the the list um and then it it took maybe like two weeks for me to get my official like thing in the mail my certificate which I want to frame um but yeah, it was cool. It was kind of a no brainer for me because I've, I'm already managing and I just wanted to, to, um, I did want to open my own company, but I really wanted to make an LLC just so I couldn't get like my personal, just to protect my personal assets. Like if anything happened, which I doubt anything will happen, but I just wanted to be safe. And also, um, I think when you say protect your personal assets, like, what do you mean by that? Um, so if someone sues me, um, let's say like a venue sues me and Leonard, um, if I don't have enough, like if I don't have what they're looking for, they could take my car, they could take like my whatever, whatever I own. That's not, but if I have an LLC, I can, um, declare bankruptcy and they, all my personal stuff is safe. Maybe I should open an LLC. Maybe you should. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, that's scary as hell. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Um, I was actually thinking about it at one point to do it for the podcast, but then I kind of looked at what I had to do a lot of the same thing. I was kind of just like, it's a lot. Yeah. It seems like a lot. How long is the process taken for you? Um, it only took like a day. I did it in a day. Word. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you seem like you really got your shit together. So. <laughs> I seem like it, but you'd be surprised. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I don't think um, so far on this podcast, I haven't had any trouble. There was one one guy, one instance where we had some trouble because we were um, uh, cancel culture and everything. We mm-hmm. don't have to get in all into that because that'll, that'll stem into a okay. crazy <laughs> conversation. But um, I had this kid on and... Um, 
uh, he got drunk on the podcast, which I don't really care, bro. Like, mm-hmm. as long as you're having fun. For me, I usually match people's energy. You know what I mean? If you want to get completely crazy on the podcast, I'll get crazy with you on the podcast. The one thing I don't like doing, um, unless, like, you know, I could kind of read the vibe of the situation is, like, name dropping. If anybody's right. saying any stories and stuff like that or, like, crazy stuff. Because we've talked everything on this podcast. And this mm-hmm. is actually probably going to be one of my favorite podcasts that I do. Because getting with people who are actually in the music industry, mm-hmm. like, I kind of like to think about it as, like, you are like kind of the future of what everything else is to come. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And not only that, you're from Jersey, which already right. makes me like love you a bit like, <laughs> more because I feel like everybody's from Cali. Everybody's from anywhere, right. everywhere else. But um, yeah, I had this one guy who he was talking about some girl or something like that. Like, you know, like high school drama type shit, mm-hmm. you know. Um, then he calls me like two, I think the next day after the podcast went up. He's like, yo, they're trying to cancel us. I don't know what's happening. And I was like, <laughs> dude, what are they going to cancel? I don't have shit, dude. Like, What are they going to cancel right. me for? And like, the worst thing that's going to happen is like, what? They're going to say they don't like me and then we move on with life. You mm-hmm. know? It, it's really, it is what it is. I don't know. This podcast is kind of my baby right now. So <laughs> it's like, we'll see where it goes. We'll see how it happens. Um, yeah, so I think that's... um. LLC. So now what's the move with the LLC? So basically that was the main thing to protect it. But is there mm-hmm. anything else that comes with it? Um, I feel like it just makes me look more professional, if anything. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel more professional. It makes me feel like I need to get some more artists. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to do some A&R and I'm going to try to look around. There's tax stuff that you could get away with, too. Yes, for sure. Yep. Like I'm super big into that when it comes to investments and stuff. That's actually one of the reasons I want to open up the LLC, because like you mm-hmm. were talking about how artists need to invest in themselves. Um, this is all hobby stuff for me. But, bro, I put a big chunk of change into this podcast, like mm-hmm. getting all the mics, all the mics I have for there are 100 bucks each. Um, the lights that we have. That was like two hundred. The camera was like a grand. The lens on the camera was like three hundred. I could just go on with this <laughs> shit, bro. The computer, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't <laughs> want to talk about it. But they're all investments, you know what I mean? And I think at the end of the day, when you're doing something that makes you happy, um, when you have something that's propelling you forward inside your industry as well, it's super dope. So as we're coming to the end of the podcast, I'm gonna have music playing out right now. I'm gonna ask you a question. Um, your last question. If you had to choose, if you had to do this all over again, right, now that you know exactly what's inside of the music management industry, if you could go back and change anything, what would you change? I would have, um, I would start younger. I'm very young right now for what I'm doing, I think, but it would be so impressive. Like, what if I was 15, you know? Facts. I think about that shit all the time. (laughs) There's one really talented kid. Um, his name's Matt Philippeck. Um, I'm probably going to have him on at one point, but mm-hmm. that dude started young and man, he's, he's doing great things right now. Yeah, it's a whole other factor. Like you have that cute cuteness factor mm-hmm. if you're if you're young enough. Mm-hmm. Well, Sam, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and yeah. the time. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yo. Yeah, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much for having me. Yeah, of course. And that's pretty much it. Yo. So we just kind of like this kind of run. We'll talk the bullshit. It kind of just goes. Sweet, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it was fun.